to welcome you to Christ Community Church's first ever podcast, where we just want to talk about uh, life and ministry here in Harker Heights, Texas, and life and ministry through uh, Christ Community Church. I'm Stephen Watson, and I am the senior pastor at Christ Community Church. I am sitting here with... Neil Grogan, associate pastor at Christ Community Church. Neil's one of our elders and also is working with our small groups, and we pray one day that he will also be a church planter. Uh, So one of the things we want to talk about is uh, some of our values at Christ Community Church. We say we value three different things, and we get this from uh, Pastor Joe Thorne and his book, The Life of the Church. Uh, But we value the pulpit, the table, and the square. And I don't think we have time today to talk about all three of those things, Uh, But I did want to today really focus in and zero on the square. So, Neil, whenever we say that we value the square, you know, how how would you define that? How would you say this is what we mean by the square? I, I believe that we would define the square as the public marketplace where people are in our community and uh, being a church that's in the world and not just hiding from the world. Yeah, so if you've been around Texas, let's say Belton, you drive down the road to Belton and you go to the city courthouse, the city courthouse is right in the middle and it's surrounded by a literal square of buildings. And that is where, back in the day, where life happened. People would have their stores and their businesses, the restaurants, all right around that main square. So when we say square, we're talking about like this is where life happens. Right. The city center. Yeah. And so when we're saying that we believe in the square, we're saying that ministry takes place where life happens. That's right. All right. So one of the things that we do in our discipleship groups or that we're going to do in our discipleship groups is we're going to be going through a book. Uh, What's the title of this book, Neil? The Life of the Church, again, by Joe Thorne. And he talks about how we participate in the square. So right. what, what, what are the different ways that we do that? Right. So in Thorne's book, he, he lays out a, a few different ways we, we participate in the square. We do it seasonally. We do it socially, recreationally, and vocationally. Um, he starts off with seasonally because I think this is the low-hanging fruit for when people come out of their houses, out of into community, trying to engage with other families, introduce their kids to different um, different other kids. Um, so we'll see, uh, for instance, we have Halloween coming up. We see in our city that there's going to be different city events all throughout Harker Heights and, and in Bell County that families throughout this county will, will come to um, for games, for, for community, for candy, just to have a good time, where... Where otherwise they're really kind of staying at home. They go to work and they go out to eat and they come home. That's really the uh, encompasses a life um, that a lot of the world just isn't plugged into any kind of community. So we're searching for it. And so yeah. cities try to so get people, it. People are going to come out of their houses on Halloween. Right. Whether they do that in their local neighborhoods where church members can engage their local neighborhoods or they gather in public spaces. So in Harker Heights, right. they've got, what, what's it called? Not the Palooza. It's called the it's Halloween a, Hoopla. The Hoopla. The Halloween Hoopla. 
Uh, and then they also have some stuff going on at the public library. Um, and, and I think I think when we're talking about engaging the square seasonally, this is something that we can do as a church, but people can also do individually. So let's talk about that right quick. So individually, if someone says, I want to reach my neighbors in my neighborhood, and what would that look like in your mind? Right. So what I've seen done in a few different in- instances is, uh, for example, a community group or a small group, they'll all go to a specific neighborhood and trick-or-treat together or set up a house in a way that um, as their neighbors come to them, they can love on them, they can meet new people, they can make start building some relationships with their neighbors where otherwise they don't really see their neighbors anymore. Yeah, So, and, and it's one of those things where I feel like lots of times when we think of hanging out in our yard, automatically as a default, we move to the backyard. Right. And we, we try to make the backyard our sanctuary. But the problem with the backyard is like we're completely surrounded by fence and we can't engage people. Yeah, what you'll notice is just the how how house builders have changed the concepts of houses. Mm, no more big front porches. No like more in the big old front days. porch, right? So you're not seeing your neighbor go to the mailbox anymore. You're you're putting your big barbecue pit in the backyard. You're building your pool in the backyard. You're you're doing everything in the backyard um, where where you have privacy, where you can do whatever you want. Right. So I feel like it's a further promotion of individualism in mm. our country. Um, but we want to press against that as the church by making ourselves available and participating in our neighborhoods in effective ways. And yeah. So like on Halloween, it might mean you're taking your grill, which is typically in your backyard and you're moving it to your front. I, I, I even heard of some people say, well, you know, we're, we're going to cook extra hot dogs on Halloween. So then we have people who come up to our house that we recognize, we can offer them a hot dog. Right. And it it allows them to kind of stay in at your house a little bit longer. Uh, But even now, I feel like people have their own bounce houses sometimes. I I know, I know like we as a Watson's, like we have our blow up water slide and like those are becoming much more residential than just something you rent of moving something like that in your front yard if you have it or or putting some yard games out there Uh, but just creating a space where people are like oh well yeah i'll I'll hang out and have a hot dog and i'll throw a bean bag at a cornhole right i'll give you an example it this doesn't have to do with seasonally per se but uh one of my kids birthday parties um we decided that we were going to do a birthday party in the front yard instead of the backyard. We invited all our friends, et cetera. And we did that very thing. We we cooked out, and we we bought enough that if people came up, they could you know, share in the festivities with us. And down the street, I had a neighbor come up to us and say, Hey, man, I got a bounce house in my garage. You want me to bring mm-hmm. it over? I had never talked to this neighbor. And he, he brought that bounce house over, and we got to hang out. And some more kids and more families started coming out. And it's just about being present in the space that God's called you to instead of, instead of hiding away um, and nurturing your own avoidance. All right, so so that's how you can use Halloween as 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 a um, seasonally way to reach the square in your own neighborhood. But we're also going to be doing some things as a church as well. Uh, that, that's our goal. That's our intention of of serving together as a church in the square. Uh, and that comes down to like the Halloween hoopla, where 
you called the city, right? And yeah. what, what happened with that? Yeah, so I called the city and uh, I guess the event coordinator and I asked, you know, is there any way our church could participate or um, help out with this big um, event you guys have going on? And they, the city was just number one, happy to get, get a phone call like that, you know? Right. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't have to do this all and figure it out all by ourselves. So, um, what they said to us was, Hey, we would love for you guys to, um, be a vendor, set up a game or a photo booth and participate in what, what we have going on. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool because they'll allow us to, talk with people who come up, like if we have a photo booth, say, right, yeah, and people come up and they're waiting for their turn, like we can have conversations with them. We can hand things to them. To some extent, it's it's redeeming a holiday that some Christians might not agree with, which I think is pretty cool. Right. Like, I know. I have no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm dressing my kids up. We're down for candy. Last, last year, we dressed uh, Nathaniel up. He was born... Uh, 2015, like the, the big anniversary of the Reformation, right. we, we dressed him up like Martin Luther. So oh, it was pretty man. cool. Had a little monk walking around. <laughs> yeah, we, we stick to Power Rangers and Transformers. Yeah. But, Sweet. But um, yeah, so for families that have where where Halloween would be some sort of obstacle for them, hey, we don't participate in this ho- in that holiday, that specific holiday. How would you encourage those families in our church to to even though they they are not fond of this kind of holiday, how can you participate in a way um, that reaches your neighbors uh, for the yeah, sake of the gospel? That's good. I, I think I'd start off by telling them follow your conscience. Mm -hmm. So if your conscience said something along the lines of like, we cannot participate in any way, like we're staying indoors, we're shutting off our lights. I'm going to say, follow your conscience. Uh, But if their conscience allows them, I'd say, man, use this as an opportunity to teach your kids how to be missional. You know, explain to your kids, yeah, we're going to go to this, not because we agree with like what people are dressing up as, but, but because we want to teach them how to engage our culture missionally, saying we're going to be here to serve the community, but also to be a light of Christ. Which is an aspect of discipleship, right? Oh, totally. So yeah. we, we don't we don't just want our kids to, um, you know, copy everything that we do or run off on their own, but we want to we want to make disciples out of them. And part of making disciples is making disciples that make disciples. You know? Exactly. So that, that's seasonally. So we, we do this at Christ Community Church. I think the very first thing we did was a seasonally, uh, seasonally what would you call it? Like a seasonal event where right. we engage a square. We did a, we did a Good Friday prayer walk out in the community at the city park. We're going right. to do this thing with Halloween. We're going to try and do something with Christmas right. where we are being in the square on a holiday engaging with people. Right. His, his next his next point was when we're in the square, we don't want to just do it seasonally, but we also want to do it socially. Right. What does he mean by being in the square socially? Right. So every one of us has uh, favorite places that we frequent, restaurants, um, car washes, um, s- specific grocery stores, gas stations, etc. Being in the square socially means that Number one, that you're making relationship with those places that you frequent, 
in a way where they know you and you know them. And that relationship building creates opportunities for the gospel to be proclaimed. So this might be, that might be a restaurant that you go to every week. So I know I've been going to the restaurant. Um, it's popularly known as the restaurant because it says the restaurant outside. Right. <laughs> I think technically it's Hallmark, yeah. but I just like to call it the restaurant. The hotel restaurant. But that's right. We, we've been going there for 11 years. Yeah. And so we've known the waiters and the waitresses and the hostess there for a long time. And we we know their names. Uh, they they usually know our names. They know our orders. And, you know, we're able to talk. So right. like this, this last Tuesday, I was able to talk with one of our waitresses whose daughter is going through some medical issues. Mm. And I, I was just able to ask her, like, hey, how's your daughter doing? What's going on? Um, and we, as a group of guys that meet there, we've been able to pray for her some. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll do that occasionally. We don't do it all the times, but lots of times, because we know them so well now uh, over the years, we, we have the rapport with them where we can say, hey, we're about to pray for our food. Do you have any requests? Right. And sometimes I'll like go ask the other waitresses, "Hey, what's your request? We're, we're about to pray, you know." <laughs> and, and this happens like in the square, right, at the restaurant, you know, on on Tuesday mornings. Yeah, I've heard other members in our congregation talk about how they how they've utilized Walmart pickups and HEB pickups to to know those specific grocer grocery employees who come and put you know groceries in their cars. Yeah, they make their. It's it's all about being intentional. Well, and I think I think intentionality is the key, right? Because I think first thing, like you're saying, all right, what's my first step? Go to the same place. If you still walk through the grocery store to get your groceries, God bless you. I'm glad you do that. But look, like <laughs> look for the same checker. I'm right. I'm gonna you know my wife's gonna put it in an order because I'm not taking four kids to the grocery store. Right. <laughs> but but uh, but intentionally looking for the same checker, like right. if you go. Learning their name. And I, and I think a lot of people will say, oh, I'm just not good at names. But I, I don't know, like, that might be a thing. But I also think that sometimes that's just an excuse. Yeah, I think, uh, especially in our community in the greater Fort Hood area, we get we have this mission mindset uh, across the board where we say, all right, this is the thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it as efficiently and as quickly as possible. And what we're... What we believe Scripture teaches is that we have to be counter that culture. We have to we have to be intentional. We have to know people. We have to love our neighbors. Um, yeah. And part of that is going. You know what? Maybe I'm going to slow down today and talk with the person who's cutting my deli meat. Yeah. You know, or man, mm. I'm going to talk with the the at the checkout line and or the person I get gas from. You know. Yeah. That's good. So we can. We can do this at restaurants. We can do this at the grocery store. Uh, this might be if you have a line guy that cuts your grass right? Um, or cuts your weeds in the case of my yard, and I, <laughs> I do that. But if you have somebody do that, you know, you can, learning their name. If you have, if you, if you use a daycare for your kids. Right. And, and I think just showing genuine care and love and knowing their name and asking about their lives and what's going on. I think that's such a blessing to people. Right. Because we live in such an individual, like we live in, we live our life in isolation right. and that's breaking down the walls of isolation. That's right. Um, and it's creating opportunities for you to talk a little bit more about your faith uh, or about what you're doing right. in, in life. 
Well, we had, uh, you know, one of our missionaries from the Middle East come and give us a talk uh, recently. And one of the things he said is, as you know, in taxi cabs or, or whatever opportunity you have to share your faith, he said it's a lot like turning on a flashlight. He said one or two things happen. Uh, first thing that happens is cockroaches run away from the light. And the other thing is, man, moths come in. They come straight to the light. He says, man, when, when you're being intentional, when you're, you know, participating in the square effectively, what you see is you have opportunities to turn on that flashlight. So you're calling the lost people roaches is what you're doing. Uh... <laughs> You know, that's not that's not what he's saying, right? Like, no. he's, he's just saying some people are attracted to the light, some people aren't. Right. So if you just kind of put in there, hey, yeah, man, we're we're our church is hosting a thing at the hoopla. Right. You know, just mentioning church in the conversation, if if people have an inclination towards spiritual things, they might latch onto that word church, or they might right. ask a follow up question that would allow you to talk about your faith. Right. What scripture, Stephen, do you think would really embody this kind of concept? Man, I, um, I, I've been thinking about this. Like so since since this missionary talked about this, I've been thinking about this concept a lot, and I keep going back to John chapter ten, where Jesus talks about how he's a good shepherd, mm. and he calls his sheep, and the sheep know his voice and they right. follow. Um, so I, I, when I when I think of this concept, I think of Jesus calling his sheep. Right, and so I think by us talking about our faith or dropping uh, charged words in regards to faith in a positive way, I think we are we are creating an opportunity for people who might be called by Christ to to come to Him, right, and be attracted to that. Mm, that's good. Yeah, recognizing that man, it's Jesus who saves. That's Jesus who calls. It's Jesus who does all the work in salvation. Um, for me, it really helped me overcome the obstacle of, of, of fear, you know, with sharing my, my faith. I think for a lot of us, what we're afraid of, and I, and I read this in Rico Tice's book, Honest Evangelism, but he said, he called it the pain line. And he said, man, we, we are so afraid of rejection that that fear will keep us from speaking truth, from from creating opportunities for your friends to know Jesus Christ as you know him. Hmm. So we're really saying like our comfort is more important than your eternal destination. Right. And, and when we think of it in that concept, it's like, oh my gosh, well, of course not. Right. But man, like we do, we have, we have the words of eternal life. We have the gospel. Right. And, and that is the primary reason why Jesus left us here is so that we can proclaim that gospel. And so we have to always be thinking of ways, how can I do this? I, in fact, I know of a group of guys in our church, uh, they met on post on Monday, and they were just talking about, all right, how can we begin to talk about our faith in a way that, that might not be considered proselytizing because that's against the rules, right. but how? what can we do? Mm-hmm. And just having the conversation with other believers of what can we do uh, in order to engage people with our faith is something that we don't even do. Like we right. just don't think in that those terms. We think of, well, I can't do this, therefore I'm not. Right. And it's like we use that as a as a way to to wash our hands of our responsibility. Right. Absolutely. Well, the third 
way Thorne's book, uh, or Joe Thorne articulates, participating in the squares recreationally. And Stephen, I know our church was planted, really centered on participating in a specific way recreationally. What can you uh, can you flesh that out a little bit? Yeah, so so Harker Heights, where where it's located and how it's situated, there there's not a lot of new churches or a lot, not a lot of churches south of 190, um, and we just saw this opportunity right in the Purser Park area, right in the YMCA area, where where we have an opportunity to engage a square recre- recreationally. Uh, so the YMCA, man, they've got hundreds of people coming through their doors every day, and they have programs going year round. And one of the things that they're always looking for are, are for volunteers. They're mm-hmm. looking for coaches. And so one of the things that my family was doing, we were actually driving to a nearby town. We weren't even doing it in our own community. Right. We were driving to a nearby town to put our kids in like upwards basketball. Mm. And we thought, man, well, what a missed opportunity for the gospel. Because we could be putting our kids in programs in our community and then, you know, we, we could actually volunteer right. there as well. Like, I'm going to be coaching basketball, whether it's at Upwards or whether it's at the YMCA. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm probably going to engage more people who don't know Jesus at the YMCA. That's right. Because it's much more of a public, much more of a general place than like a church program. Yeah. So why create our own programs while there's already a ton of programs out there? Let's just involve ourselves in what, what already exists. But it, again, it goes back to that being intentional, right? So... Just because we frequent the Y or we, you know, take our kids to basketball games and and practices and and soccer games and whatever else the Y has to offer, um, we don't want to miss opportunities to share our faith and and flash that flashlight, turn on that flashlight. You know, what a shame it would be if we went there every week and we missed opportunities to... We missed opportunities to. Uh, you hear that creaky door? I, I think our nursery <laughs> folks are coming back. It might get it might get a little crazy. Um, yeah, we don't want to miss our opportunity to know people recreationally again. Right. So, so I know we called this at the Y strategy at Christ Community Church, but we've had people uh, start coaching little league baseball teams. We have people coaching basketball teams. Some people are like, man, I don't know coaching. But they still look for volunteers for being like the team mom or the team dad where they're organizing who's bringing snacks. And so they're engaging with people all the time. And and then you're just there at the practices. Right. And so at the practice, if you're a parent watching the practice, waiting to take your kid home, we have the option of, one, we, we can lose ourselves on our phone. Mm. Or two, we can learn the names of the other parents right. and talk about the games and talk about what's going on. And then once again, kind of, Using, using that illustration of, of shining the light. Right. One of the cool things that happened uh, with my one of my sons who we took to Hawaii, he was in basketball, um, was the different teammates started having birthdays. And with birthdays, you have birthday parties. And so now I'm getting, you know, our family's getting invited to all these different birthday parties from people across our community, you know, that, man, I, yeah. I just wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to know them unless we were in there and engaged. And and so that was one of the ways we got to know more people uh, in our city. Yeah, and so we have the ways that we involve ourselves in the square. We do it seasonally. We do it socially. 
We do it recreationally. And the last one is, is vocationally. And mm-hmm. this might, that, this might be the most difficult one for people. Cause this is where they do say, well, I, I work for the government or I lo- work for a local school or wherever I work, this is just considered inappropriate to, to talk about my faith. Right. Uh, and, and I think to a large extent, I would like to make this a, a, a whole different podcast <laughs> because yeah. we, we were kind of hitting up our, our, our time here. Um, but, but why don't you just say a few words about serving vocationally? Yeah, I would say, you know, serving vocationally doesn't mean you're going to have a Bible study at work. You know, uh, a lot of us might think, man, that's what it looks like to be able to share my faith. But that's just not the case. Um, number one is how are you glorifying God in the workspace? Mm. Are you an honest man or woman? Do you treat people well? Do you work hard or are you lazy? You know, and... And for a lot of us, you know, we get we get in ruts and we miss the point. But number one is, are we glorifying God at work? Because that is contagious in your workspace. Yeah. And I think I think there's also, a, are you getting to know people on a personal level? Right. Because lots of times, I think, oh, this is my work. This is how I bring home money to pay for my life. Right. But but I don't like my work, and this is just how I make money. And so we don't invest in it. And right. We, and we don't invest in the other people there. But the other people there, you, you can know them outside of work. Right. And and uh, we should be looking for opportunities to invite those folks in into that community that they probably don't have. And yeah. so, like, I, I'll give you a scenario. Um, you know, personally, you know, we, lot, we had a miscarriage for, with our first kid, and I was still in the Marine Corps at the time. And, man, I had a gunny who pulled me into his office and— uh, after the fact, when he found out and, uh, he, he talked to me a little bit and that was really helpful. Um, it was about six months after, and I was starting to show some problems cause I hadn't, you know, I was in Afghanistan when it happened, et cetera. But he, he started speaking life into me and that kind of gave me a little bit of direction in that really hard season of our lives. But how much more so for a Christian to, when they're, when they're, you know, employ, you know, fellow coworker um, has some crisis in their life or some big passion thing mm-hmm. in their life to share that with you and give you an opportunity to take them from passion or pain to the gospel. Um, we should be looking for opportunities to create community, to invite people in and to share our faith um, in an honest way, in a, in, in a way that, shows that we have joy in our heart. Well, and and this is where sometimes the, the different elements we've been talking about can overlap because you might be at work and you might say, man, it's really inappropriate for me to invite people to church. Right. But what you can do is say, hey, man, I'm going to the Halloween hoopla. Right. And we're, we're actually manning the photo booth. I mean, mm. why don't you come and bring your family out and stop by the photo booth? And then there's going to be all your other brothers and sisters in Christ there. Mm-hmm. Who can then say, "Hey, we're planting a church directly across the street," right? Uh, which creates new opportunities for you now to talk with your coworker about this other thing that's happening in your life. We're connecting people that are in your network. You know, like mm-hmm. what if you have a coworker who said, "Man, I got this dog. I cannot get to, you know, not tear stuff up in the house." 
man, I know a good dog trainer in my church. Mm. So you're saying if people need their dogs trained, they need to give you a call. Not me. No, no, not me. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that what you used to do? Yeah. You used to train yeah. dogs? I'm, All right. I'm not doing that anymore. Right, but yeah. we have some other folks we could recommend. <laughs> but, you know, you have these different connections in the church body who have gifts and skills that yeah. that you don't have. And uh, it's funny, you know, in the, in the Marine Corps, they say, you know, Texas boys, they got a guy for everything. Everybody's got a guy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we want to connect our coworkers. Man, I got a guy for that who's really good, you know. Yeah. And, man, you, you've you just created an opportunity. Maybe you can't share the gospel with them, but you've given them space to now open yeah, up an opportunity for sure. For someone because else. if you find out, I mean, I know someone who loves board games at work. Right. Dude, we've got friends. We got people at our church that love board games. Right. And they're, they're looking for people to play with. You know, be, mm-hmm. Being able to be a bridge to them, right. to connect them is, is pretty cool. All right. I, I do want to spend some time next time we're together, maybe talking about the vocationally, being, being in the square vocationally. So I, I, I don't want to talk about that because we left so much unsaid. Oh, yeah. This but, is a massive topic. Yeah, but but what I do want to do is I just want to I just want to encourage the people who who might be listening to us right now, um, especially if they're part of Christ Community Church. As we went through this list of living life in the square, I kept thinking of person after person, story after story of people doing this from our church out in the community, and I think, Absolutely. oh man, this is so awesome, and right. I, it just makes me excited about what God's going to do in Harker Heights and and through Christ Community Church being planted there. Yeah, we're. It's evident that we're stirring one another on towards love and good works, and and that our body has a heart for mission. And uh, man, we wanna we wanna encourage you guys to keep pressing in, keep knowing your neighbors, keep knowing your your community, um, be intentional, and man, let that light shine. All right, so go go live life in the square. Until next time.